This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by Blue Land. Did you know that uh, about 5 billion, billion? That's a de- I checked that because that's a lot. Plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles are thrown away every year. And if that's not bad enough, most cleaning formulas are 90% water, which is heavy. We're shipping around all this water using fuel when we don't have to. Every year, Americans throw away 25% more trash from Thanksgiving to New Year. This year, maybe turn the New Year's resolution into action that makes a difference by switching to Blue Land. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and the planet with the same powerful clean you're used to. It's a simple idea. They have refillable cleaning products. They have a nice design. I have them in my home. It looks nice on your counter. You fill the reusable bottles with water, drop in the Blue Land tablets, wait for them to dissolve, and you never have to grab bulky, heavy cleaning supplies on your grocery run ever again. And refills, because they're small and you don't have to ship a bunch of water across the country, starts at just $2.25. You can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. From cleaning sprays to hand soap, toilet bowl cleaner, and laundry tablets, Laundry tablets, everybody, you know what I mean. All Blue Land products are made with clean ingredients that you can feel good about. Blue Land is trusted in over a million homes, including, yeah, mine. Blue Land has a special offer for listeners right now. You can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss it. Blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. Again, blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. Can you believe that we still have live shows from back when there were live shows? Well, we do. We do. We save them for times when we know that we're not going to be able to make Dear Hank and John, like during Pizza Mess. So we weren't, we didn't record a Dear Hank and John this week because John and I were just pushing hard, trying to make way more content than we usually do. I hope you enjoyed Pizza Mess. It is over now. I hope you had a good old time. If you were like, oh, I was going to get my pizza drawn. It's too late. It's too late. I'm very sorry. I shouldn't even mentioned it. I apologize. If you were listening to this like before noon, maybe. Sometimes we leave it open to for like customer support reasons, but you would have to go look really fast. Anyway, it doesn't matter. I could start out with a joke for you. Uh, you know why I don't like political jokes? Because uh, sometimes they get elected. Hey, but um, all right, everybody. Welcome to the episode of Dear Hank and John that we recorded live in Indianapolis, Indiana. Dear John and Hank, it's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you DBS advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, yes, you know I saw a paternity test place here in Indiana. Oh yeah, what, what was it called? It was called Who's Your Daddy. <laughs> Thanks everybody, I appreciate it. It's not my best performance. It's one of the dad jokes. I, I, I never like it when people from out of town try to like appeal. To central Indiana by being like, I'm like, aware I of this one, word. One thing on my way from the airport, you know? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. Every major artist, including, of course, my brother Hank Green, That's what they noted call American me. recording artist, <laughs> is always doing that. And I think it's, we're going to ask a lot of Indiana specific questions tonight, though, because a lot of you had Indiana specific questions. And also, I am an, ex- I am an expert, I think. You are Indiana specific. Yeah. 
I am. <laughs> I, I still struggle to say I am a Hoosier. Because mm. anyone else have this problem where you're like, yeah. I am a Hoosier, but I prefer to I prefer to call myself an Indianian. <laughs> and I, I like to pause in the middle of it and say I'm an Indian. I'm. <laughs> I love that. I live, I, in love the, that. I live in the middle. Yeah. Near, Crossroads of America. Near the top. Another thing that he learned on the way from the airport. I saw it on a sign. Hey, let's begin. I saw several roads crossing. Yeah. In America. We have a lot of, there's a lot of roads uh, that do cross, but not in Carmel. <laughs> Very cool. I am fascinated. In let's, fact, I, I, we have a question about Let's it. begin there and just get it out of the way. This question comes from Mike, who writes, I'm here with my daughter, Tessa. Hi, Tessa. Thanks for coming. Mike, thank you as well. I bet there's a pretty good chance you're just like, who the hell are these people? <laughs> I appreciate you for being here. Thank uh -huh. you. It's your second, second show. show. Did well, you go last night? Oh, oh good, because it well. was similar. <laughs> Mike writes, my question is, what's with all the roundabouts? People barely slow down and don't appear to know what merge means. Everyone thinks they have the right of the way. How is this safe? Mike, For, first it, of all, don't slow down. Just plow on through. Don't, like, be cautious. It's a roundabout. No. What could go wrong? Everything. If you, you could be in an accident, sure, but you're not, you're not going to be, like, badly hurt. It's, you could be. That's... <laughs> Tuna, cut all of this out of the podcast. Like, we, bad go, advice is our go brand. Go right over the middle. That's dangerous. <laughs> Mike, if you think that I'm going to come to Carmel, Tokyo, Indiana, drift it. You just let me know when you're ready. I'm good now. Okay. Mike, if you think I'm going to come to Carmel, Indiana and express my personal opinion about roundabouts, you've got another thing coming, buddy. <laughs> I'm no dummy. Lots so, of people say they're safer. Lots of data says maybe they aren't. <laughs> All I know is that um, they're here. That's the end of and the they're sentence. Not go well, okay. I All have, right. I have, I have, coming into Carmel, Indiana, I had a strong opinion about roundabouts, which is that they are always good. <laughs> My ninth roundabout <laughs> in on the way yeah. here, I was feeling actually nauseated. <laughs> And I started to think maybe they are not always good. I would, but, but the city planners of the world know more about this than I do, and I will let them be in charge, though I don't know that any were in charge in the planning of this town. <laughs> it, it, I think someone went to Europe and they were like, this is great. Let's do that, but in Indiana. The truth, the truth has always resists simplicity. Let's move on. I wasn't ready. Okay, I thought great. We were this next question comes from Zachary. <laughs> I'll do it. we were going to stick on roundabouts. This next question comes from Zachary, who asks, Dear Hank and John, my wife and I are both in our 20s. For the past year, we have been foster parents to a wonderful 17-year-old girl who has a one-year-old son. That's lovely. She got to move uh, home and was reunited with her biological family, but we still get to hang out regularly with both of them. The little guy is learning to talk now, but we're not sure what he should call me. What should my former foster grandpa nickname be? For reference, I affectionately refer to him as the Chonk. It's a great... That's good. That's a great baby name. Uh-huh. The Chonk. We've all, we've all met a Chonk, haven't we? Yeah. The, the ones that are, like, square. They, like, come out and you're like, Ooh, you're a, you're a whole. 
rectangle. You're just a... Look at you, you little chonk. Yeah. It just, just rolls parts, right off the tongue. But right, up, right up against all the other parts. You really got to get into that neck fold. That must be a work when you're doing the washing. It's, ex- it's exciting. I like it when they come out like little linebackers. Just, just let me know when you're done. Tokyo Drift it! Uh, don't Tokyo Drift a baby. No. Also, like, I have a, I have a very strong suspicion you, you haven't seen the film. I haven't seen yeah, the film. I know, I know. I have, because there's one thing that I love in this world when it comes to films more than any other thing, and that is when the name of the film begins with the words, The Fast and the Furious. Nah. We got, I mean, you want we to got talk a about, fan. You want to talk about nine great movies. I hear you. I see you. I agree. Nine great... Yeah, this is a place where cars go fast. Another thing that I... We're getting away from the question, and it's a very important question, and I actually have an answer, Zachary. Mm. The the little guy is called Chonk, and you should be called Big Chonk. (laughs) Zachary Big Chonk. Uh, This is great. Uh, I don't know... I I think we should do away with Zachary entirely, not just for this baby, (laughs) but in general, I think it should just be Big Chonk from here on out. Yeah. I like how you completely disregarded your wife. You're like, I don't care what they call, what this child calls my wife, but I want to know what I shall be called, and you shall be Big Chonk. Count Chonkula. <laughs> you got a lot to work with the, with this Chonk business. Mm-hmm. I think y'all are going to be just fine. Oh, yeah, Chonkulate Chip. Yeah, that's kind of cute. Yeah. Thanks, John. I appreciate that. All right, this next question comes from Stephanie, who writes... Dear John and Hank, what are some of your weird coping mechanisms for dealing with stress? Mm. I don't know why you'd ask me that question, Stephanie. <laughs> kind of offended. <laughs> I have a, I think I've talked about this before, but I have a very strange stress response that I have encountered other people who have this, but it is not common, okay. which is that I get very sleepy. And this is really convenient because one way of not being stressed out is to be unconscious. <laughs> And I, like, and I don't really understand how this works because oftentimes when I have a lot to think about, I will sit there and I will stare at the ceiling and I will think for a long time and that will go on until two or three in the morning. But if I'm very stressed out, my body just turns off. And I'm like, thanks. It's like a sloth. Yeah. Or uh, a possum. That's what I was trying to think of, a possum. Yes, do it again. Tuna, Tuna, wait, I'm going to do it again. By the way, Tuna's our editor. He's not here. So when I'm looking off into the distance, he's not there. <laughs> That's just where he lives in my imagination. <laughs> like when I record the pod at home, I also, I also look to my left. But wait, Tuna, I'm going to crush it this time. So you're like a possum. Like a possum. I just fall. Thank you for the fake laughs. <laughs>, <laughs> when just... you hear that on the show, it's, it's going to sound so real. I, I, have a lot of, I have a lot of stress responses, um, I, and, a lot, <laughs> and a lot of them are He's weird. He's doing some of them right now. Yeah, I have a lot of coping mechanisms. A lot of, a lot of them are weird. I mean, mostly I stare into the middle distance, to be totally honest with you. Mm-hmm. There's so much that's happening inside of my mind, you know, that, like, I don't need to do anything. Everything's happening in here, it's, and it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's, real, it's real intense. It's a... Uh, it's a hurricane. <laughs> Let's move on. Uh, I've, got, I've got a thing. Yeah. So 
I recently uh, was reading an article about like whether you have a healthy relationship with work, and one of the questions that it asked you to ask yourself was, do you use work to alter your mood? And I was like, unseen that. I don't want to, I, my, I am in this picture and I don't like it kind of moment. Uh, and yes, I do. And that is a thing that I do to handle stresses that I work, um, which is, I think, why I get so much done sometimes. Uh, when I'm working, I feel like I, as if I am, uh, I am doing a, the thing uh, to make the stress go away. And uh, so, so some people are like, how are you so productive? And I'm like, well, I sign up for too much to do, and then I get very scared of not accomplishing that, and then the only recourse I have is to, uh, to get rid of the bad feeling, and the only way to do that is to do the work. Um, so that's my strategy, as I just find things to work on or create new ones. If there's oftentimes, I don't know if you've noticed, there are external stressors that we cannot control. <laughs> no one knows anything about that uh, right now. And I, uh, yes, I will, I will create new work for myself so that I can feel as if I am uh, acting upon something that I can control, which is not necessarily healthy, but you just asked what my coping mechanisms were, and that, that is one. Okay. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask another question, Hank. It's a good one. Okay. This next question comes from Sarah, who writes, Dear John and Hank, the other night I dreamt that my fiancé, Joseph, and I returned to our parked car to find a citation on the window. Oh, no. I'm sorry, Sarah. Even when that happens in a dream, it's, it's a little bit upsetting. The police identified us by our scents. <laughs> I was identified as perfume, and Joseph as old ramen. <laughs> I can't stop thinking about this weird dream. It's made me wonder, if you had an absurd dream scent, what would it be? <laughs> okay, but like, like your dream scent is not, absurd, is not at absurd at all. It's totally normal. Your perfume. Yeah. It's his dream scent yeah. that's weird. Yeah, you're like, in your own mind, you're like, you know what I am? The normal thing for people to smell like if they would like to smell like anything at I'm all. I'm perfume. I'm perfume. Joseph. A, old ramen. Old ramen. He's like soup, but after a while. Uh, <laughs> that, that's actually really good. I, 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 since you have a wedding coming up, I don't know if you, you want to write your own vows, but that would be great in it. Yeah. You know? I, I, I guess the police would probably write down that I, that I, I smelled of anxiety sweat. Mm, anxious sweat. It's a, it's a specific kind. Yeah. 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 Just what, about, what about you? Uh, I think, could I be like honeycomb? <laughs> I, was, I was thinking you might smell of unwarranted confidence. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to I be like honeycomb. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know what you want to be like. I was just thinking what you might, might smell like according to this scent cop. <laughs> and then, and, in the dreams. Uh, one of the scents that has really stuck with me is pelican mites. Oh, oh, and I great, really hope it's great, not... Great, a new thing to worry about. I go, hold on, I gotta make a note. Let's <laughs> write that I one down. I gotta make a note to include that in my list this evening. <laughs> after, after, after my nightly prayers, I go through my nightly worries, and now we're gonna have pelican mites. Great. <laughs> I'll, I'll Google those fellas, and I'm sure it'll be great. <laughs> Well, they don't smell 
great. It's a real, it's surprisingly strong, but also completely foreign. It's like dust, but times a gajillion. If you just like ever had a dust smell in your nose, it's like that, but but like uh, but it, you boiled it down into its pure essence. Yeah. And it really gets stuck in your nose. Okay. So hopefully it's not pelican mites. Great, yeah. I'd rather be old ramen. All right. This question is from Alyssa, who asks, Dear Hank and John, my question is mostly for John. That's why I liked it. <laughs> my husband and I just recently moved to Indiana, and we are... Everybody in the room likes Indiana. That's great. We want to do more exploring around Indy. What are some of your favorite non-touristy places to visit in the area? Are there I, touristy places? I really appreciate you implying that there are touristy places. <laughs> That means a lot to us. Yeah. We're trying. They oh, got there's, there's an Olive Garden. Yeah. Hey, the other hey, Olive hey, Garden. Hey, we have like nine Olive Gardens. <laughs> we don't act we don't have an Olive Garden in Missoula and I kinda I kinda like when I come to Indiana, I'm like, I need to go to Olive Garden. <laughs> one I miss thing those, those sticks. One one thing people told me when I first arrived to Indianapolis that I found really helpful was that Indianapolis is the number one test market for chain restaurants in the United States. Like, if you have an idea for a chain restaurant, you bring it to Indianapolis because if it works here, it'll work all over the country. Yeah, we gotta find out. We gotta we're see. We're so average. Yeah. Will Will old ramen work in Indianapolis? The old ramen factory is a great. Restaurant concept. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I think you should work on that. Okay. I'm just going to give you two things that I really, really love here. Number one is the Indiana State Museum. It's this amazing... What's so beautiful and fascinating about the Indiana State Museum, Alyssa, is that it's the whole history of Earth, but only <laughs> the part of Earth... That is currently Indiana. <laughs> so it literally starts billions of years ago <laughs> with the part of Earth that is now Indiana, and it follows that part of Earth's story until 2020. It's incredible. That's there's, very good. There's a whole period where they don't have a lot of fossil records because there was this huge glacier that came down from the north and went all across Indiana. And so there's a little um, display about that and why, why they don't have more information about the era of, that we call the era of the dinosaurs. <laughs> <laughs> Because unfortunately, any fossils were kind of were kind of washed, pushed down south. So, let's move on to the next thing that we know about Indiana. I love it so much. I love everything about it, but it's also like an incredible uh, cultural resource, an incredible history resource. It's really, really wonderful. The other thing, and this is a day trip, but it's totally worth it. Not too far away from here is the world's largest ball of paint. Yes. We've got some fans in the audience. I, well, everyone who's ever been there, the rest of the people are just not yet. They will be fans in, in the fullness of time. The world's largest ball of paint, first off, it's much, much bigger than seems possible. It started out as a baseball. A person painted it. They kept painting it. They painted like 75,000 layers, and then eventually they donated it to their city town hall, where it still is. And now it's like the size of this table, but it's a ball of paint. And you can paint a layer on the world's largest ball of paint, which is, I, dare I say it, like almost a transformative 
experience. Because what you realize when you paint a layer on the world's largest ball of paint is do you that- get, Do you have to pay to paint a layer? No. Well, who, who buys the paint? I don't know. It's just a wonderful thing. I think maybe you can donate. So what you realize when you paint a layer on the world's largest ball of paint is that each of us is painting a layer on the world's largest ball of paint that is this world. And like we are painting it together and we are not like individual geniuses trying to make like singular works of art or whatever. We are like people, human beings working together to make beautiful, strange, weird, awesome things like the world's largest ball of paint. You're gonna get covered up by the next layer of paint, but that doesn't mean that you weren't there. Exactly, yes. You made it sound like that's sad. No, that's well, great news. I wasn't. <laughs> you're you still were there, you're, and you're still there. You're in still a way. there. You're just not, you're just not visible. visible anymore. Yeah, it's amazing. Go to the world's largest ball of paint. But also, yeah, there's so many things to do. There's great restaurants as well. We just went to Root and Bone, a nice new southern restaurant. Uh, apparently, it doesn't have that many fans. <laughs> The rest of you should go there. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a great town. It just takes a while. Give it some time. This next question comes from Aaron. Dear Hank and John, mm -hmm. what would happen if a werewolf went to the moon? Okay. <laughs> so I'm not, I'm not Hondo P on no. how werewolves work. <laughs> uh, see, people mm. like it. No, no, they, no, you're misinterpreting the applause. It was an at you, not with you laugh. Werewolves are people, yeah. usually. Right. Or all the time. I'm not entirely... They're people all the time. Yes. But sometimes they are also... Werewolves. Wolf people. Right. They're but always werewolves, even when they're in people form. Great point, Hank. <laughs> so... But what then when they, when they are a werewolf, yeah. they are still a werewolf, but now they are the wolfy part. So what I'm imagining, obviously this person has had to go through an extensive period of astronaut training to get to the moon. And yes. throughout that whole time has had to avoid training on full moons. Yeah. Because like, then it would all be clear, right? Like now it's not just like our, our hairiest astronaut, it's a werewolf astronaut <laughs> yeah. and, and people would freak out. Yeah, Astro astronaut Gerald Harrison <laughs> never goes to work <laughs> once a month. We're not sure what that's yeah, about. Yeah, he just has like a periodic flu. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> so then he gets to the moon. And he, he- After all that. And he goes out onto the surface of the moon. Right. And is it that when the moon is full from Earth, that is the time, because the moon is always, like some part of the moon is always full in some direction. It's being hit by the sun, unless it's being eclipsed. So, so the moon is always kind of full. Wow. What? The moon is always full. It's just sometimes we don't see it. Yeah. Dang. <laughs> That's deep, man. <laughs> Not since I thought about the world's largest ball of paint have I been <laughs> so moved by an image. So, yeah. So I think, like, does it matter, like, what the people on Earth seeing? Or is it, like, now does the, does the Earth become the werewolf's moon? So when it's a full <laughs> Earth, <laughs> then the werewolf turns into a wolf. Yeah. Which also happens, I think, once a month. Uh, once every 27 days or whatever. And that would be catastrophic, right? Because Well, I, no matter what, you do not want to be in a, a capsule with a wolf. 
Right. No, I was thinking it'd be catastrophic for the werewolf because it's in its human right. space suit. And one thing we always see. on the, the moon and then now it's a wolf. Well, that's the end. Yeah. And that the, is the claws a ripped come out space and it's like, suit. I don't like it in here. Yeah. I'd like to get out. And, and that's... then vacuum of space, etc. Yeah. So that's what would happen if a werewolf went to the moon. Either everyone in the capsule would die or the werewolf would die alone on the cold, cold <coughs> or hot, hot surface of the moon, depending on whether it was day or night. Anyway, thanks to my, to my kids for being here. A terrible death. <laughs> oh, it would be, it would be very quick. <laughs> quick. This, next, this next question comes from Beth. He writes, I've been struggling with comparing myself to other people. I'm a college junior who just took a year off of school due to mental health concerns. Coming back, I feel like I'm behind my peers. Of course, this is a perfectly legitimate reason, and everyone has their own path in life, and blah, blah, blah. However, I feel like I'm not living up to my potential, and it's hard. Any advice for how to get over these feelings? Beth, I'm sorry this is happening. I um, was also a college junior uh, who took uh, a semester away from school for mostly for mental health reasons, although I did also have whooping cough, as it happens. Um, they kind of compounded each other. I don't, <laughs> I don't deal great with infectious diseases. Um, <laughs> I remember that feeling, though. I remember, like, coming back to school and all of my classmates were ahead of me now. And I even remember, like, watching them graduate and being in the audience and not having my cap and gown and everything and like watching everybody I'd gone, I'd started college with finish and here's me like not finishing and how awkward and I felt so awkward and, and uncomfortable and then my friends were like trying to make me feel better but I could tell, you know, that they were also like, oh my God, he has to go back to college. <laughs> And so I understand that that's, that that's real, but when you say, like, I, I, I know this is a perfectly legitimate reason and everyone has their own path in life and blah, 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 I also understand that impulse, but that's true. Yeah. <laughs> like, everyone has their own path in life, and it was a perfectly legitimate reason, and you are still going to go to school, and you are still going to finish, and when you are 42 years old, like I am, nobody no, will have yeah, any well, idea that it took you five years to graduate from college until and unless you say as much on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah, and at, and at which point no one will care or even think that that's at all unusual. Yeah, and they'll um, be like, oh, it's kind of it's nice that he's saying that and everything. But like at, <laughs> at the time, it was horribly embarrassing. You know, I felt terrible about it, and I, and I did feel like a failure. But I, I wasn't a failure because what, what, what I had done was I had, I had done what I needed to do to take care of myself to achieve the things that I, that I wanted to achieve in my life. And there are so many times still, honestly, when I compare myself to, you know, more productive people I might know and, and feel like, oh, gosh, I wish I could get more done in a day and like I, I, I'm so unproductive and I, I lose so much of my day to, to, to these problems or whatever or I'm not I don't you know I don't do this fast enough or I don't do that fast enough or I, I'm not as good at, at this or that you are you and like you are doing your like if you're doing your best you're doing your best and that's worth celebrating I think like so so often we end up yeah it's just so often we end up like refusing to celebrate good things that happened to us, like the fact that you did make it back to school, for instance, like instead of seeing that as a huge success, which it is, we're all still kind of like formulating these things as, as weaknesses. And I think like 
celebrate that success. So maybe go out tonight and be like, I did it. I went back to college. Now they may send me home in a week, but, <laughs> but I, I went back. And it'll, it'll, it'll pass. <laughs> take, take, it, take, take it from America's leading hypochondriac. Uh, the, 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 other, the only thing I will add is that we're, we never stop comparing ourselves to each other. Um, that happens for all of life. And, and, and when we can find the ways to get over that, to get through it, to realize that, like, yes, we all have our own ways that we are great and our own ways that we're messed up um, is really freeing. And, and I don't think that I'll ever get there with everybody, but I do get there with some people in my life where I, I don't see them as, as like things that I compare myself to, but I see them as just, as just people living their own ways because I know them well enough and understand them deeply enough. Um, but like, it is very natural and normal to like be trying to find the ways in which we matter in the world. And, and one big one is that we compare ourselves to each other and to our former selves. And that's not a good way, but it is a way that you can't help but do, I think. And so there is, there's always going to be that. And I think until like, I don't know anybody who's ever, who's, who's gotten all the way over that one. The Buddha. I don't know him. We've not met. Which reminds me that today's podcast is brought to you by Beth. Beth, you did it. You went back to school. <laughs> this podcast is also brought to you by Your Absurd Scent. The very strange scent that the police officers identify you by in your dreams. Today's podcast is also, of course, brought to you by the Indiana State Museum. The Indiana State Museum, <laughs> only Indiana. And this podcast is brought to you by the Tokyo Drift, whatever that may be. <laughs> this episode of Dear Hang John is brought to you by Thrive Market. Thrive Market is there to help you maintain the kinds of habits that you want to have. For me, I need to have the right kind of food in the house or I will eat whatever. Oreo recently sent me some free fancy Oreos. They were weird. I ate all of them. I ate all of them in a week and it was a problem. I can't do that. I need to have healthy, good stuff in the house and Thrive Market can help you have healthy habits. It's a great go-to for all your grocery and household essentials and the convenience of getting everything online and then like just quickly ship to the doorstep. It's a huge time saver. Thrive Market carries brands with great ingredients and sourcing methods. They got Amy's, Banza, Burt's Bees, Trobani, Honest Kids, Kind, Mike's Hot Honey, Oatly, Olipop, Poppy, Salt, I've never heard of salt, but it's got two A's in it, so it has to be good. And as a Thrive Market member, you can save money on every single grocery order. On average, you can save over 30% every time. And they also have a deals page that changes every day. When you join Thrive Market, you are also helping a family in need with their one-for-one -one membership matching program. You join, they give. Join in on the savings with Thrive Market today and get 30% off your first order, plus a $60 free gift. I enjoyed my $60 free gift. I was surprised by it, and it was the kind of thing I wouldn't have bought. And then now I'm like on the ghee train. They gave me free ghee. And I was like, I don't know what ghee is. But then I was like, oh, this is great. It's like butter, but it's different and more spreadable. <laughs> Go to thrivemarket.com slash dearhank for 30% off your first order plus that free $60 gift. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E market.com slash dearhank, thrivemarket.com slash dearhank. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> 
This question comes from Jen, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I want to start a podcast, but I don't know how to do anything involved from recording to editing to publishing to advertising. I also have no equipment and no money. I also hate hearing my own recorded voice played back to me. How can I overcome these obstacles, that's all of them, and start a successful podcast? Jennifer. I have some suggestions, but I don't know if I have all of them. I I think we should go in reverse order. Let's start with... You hate the sound of your recorded voice. That just... Might never go away. Yeah, just that's just a thing. Like, everybody hates the sound of their voice. I, I can't tell you the distance between my singing voice as I hear it in my head and my singing voice as I hear it when recorded. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just a human thing, and eventually you get over it and you just... You listen to the grating sound of your own voice enough that you just accept it for what it is. Then, um, having no equipment or money is a small problem. What I will say to this is if you have an iPhone, and you may not, um, but if you have a smartphone, they often actually have pretty good mics. Yeah. Um, that, and I, like, I've been kind of shocked by how like the, the quality of audio I can get out of a smartphone. Then that can be your intro to, to that. And then once not, you only, have... not only to recording, by the way, but also to editing. Yeah. So you can edit a whole podcast on the Voice Memos app on iPhone, or there's a very similar app on other, on, on what Android. are they called? Android phones. <laughs> and um, <laughs> Hank, has, that, Hank has one. That's why I was turned to him. <laughs> Instead of to tuna, um, <laughs> but yeah. So I like I. I don't want to embarrass him, but my uh, my son actually recorded an amazing podcast using just the Voice Memos uh, app on uh, an iPad, and so he recorded the audio, uh, cut it all together, and it sounded it sounded really good. It sounded it sounded quite professional, actually. So th- that shouldn't be the barrier to entry. And it seems like you do have an idea. Yeah. Because your only concerns are recording, editing, publishing, advertising, etc. <laughs> so just make the podcast and then Google the rest about publishing. You it's can not totally that hard. figure all that stuff is totally figure outable. Yeah, it's um, Googleable. Except except for advertising, which will require there to be an audience. And as for how to build an audience, we have no idea. We don't know. We, we haven't d- done it in thirteen years. <laughs> <laughs> So our advice is to go to January 1st, 2007, <laughs> make really bad YouTube videos. When no one else is doing And it. be surprised by how generous people are. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So I'm going to tell people to come up and come to the microphones where you will ask your question live. Okay. So who do we have first in line? It's Carrie and Sam. Carrie and Sam, hi. You had no idea that I even submitted a question. Oh, surprise, so. Sam. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hit us. Okay, so we got married last month, and Congrats. we were going to go to Italy, but that's oh. out. Oh. And so we're here. Hey! <laughs> so... I love it. So this is your honeymoon. This is your honeymoon. Or your yeah. pre Are you pre-honeymoon. on your honeymoon right now? Yeah. Congratulations. Two days. Uh, two days. Thanks. Yeah. All right. So is your question, what should you do in Indianapolis? No. The, well, no, it's the, like, the do not miss. Like, what do I have okay. to see? Okay. Well, I think the most important thing uh, is that I wrote you a song. <gasps> it's a little ditty about Carrie and Sam. <laughs> Two American kids visiting the heartland. <laughs> Carrie said... We should go to Venice after we wed. <laughs> but then they decided maybe Indiana instead. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
karma's great. Italy is fine, but it's no Hoosier state. Oh, yeah, I said life goes on. And this way you get to be on Dear Hank and John. That's Thank great. you. That's great. I am, that made me super nervous. Oh, you crushed it. You crushed it. I'm glad you can still experience nervousness. That's encouraging. <laughs> Who has next? Who has the next question? Anybody over here? Oh, yeah. Hello. I'm Melissa. Hi. Hi. So I'm moving most likely to Prague. There's a chance I might be in Budapest in August. Nice. And um, I have no idea what I need to pack. I'm moving for at least a year, but hopefully the school will like me and keep me on staff forever. So you're moving to forever? one of two I'm cities hopeful. forever. Yeah. So well, hopefully. I, yeah, so what do I put in my suitcase? How many forever? suitcases do you get? So like two little. suitcases and a, and a carry-on. Yeah, what you get. <laughs> Have okay. you never been on a plane? Well, you... personal item. And the personal item. You get the person you have a personal item, yeah. a carry-on, and two suitcases yeah. forever. I mean And you're not even sure which city it's gonna be. So it's very so what, similar climates though. I mean it's gonna be fine. I mean if you're countries. moving if you're moving not even the same country. If you're moving forever, yeah. Then I wouldn't worry about I wouldn't worry too much about like clothes. I would worry more about like yeah the things that you do. You still have photo albums, or is that over? My, my parents have them. Your parents okay. have them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh God. I... <laughs> yeah. So I guess actually you don't need two suitcases. Just uh, just bring your phone. Yeah. <laughs> you need phone nothing. and a laptop, and you should be just fine. Yeah. Yeah, bring your prescriptions and uh, yeah. a credit card, and you should be good. Yeah, your iCloud.com password, and everything should work out fine. <laughs> oh, man. The future is now. Uh, do you have a copy of An Absolutely Remarkable Thing? I do. <laughs> oh, great. Perfect. I, I have, like, two chapters left. So. Oh, oh okay, wow. Yeah. All right. Oh, well, it's... you can just finish it up and not don't, don't take up any valuable space yeah. there. Uh, I would take, I would, I would only take like my four or five favorite books and only if they have real, like the, the copies themselves have sentimental value to you. And then I might take, I don't know if you have like a childhood stuffy, but it yeah. can get a little lonely uh -huh. uh, when you're in a, in a totally new place and you might want something familiar. Like, um, you're, you're, you know, you're like your stuffed teddy bear from when you were a kid or something. And then I might take, do you have any pets? No. Great. That's, That's gonna, great news because they do not like to put to not, me inside of a bag. That, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think you're good. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. I, 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 and the other thing is, like, you don't want to you don't want to bring clothes because you want to look like you're a Budapestian, right? You want to look cool like all that's, the. That's the, totally the, what they're called. Yeah. You want to look cool like all the Europeans. <laughs> so you just. Yeah. Well, I mean, but the people no, of the city I, must have not, a name. By the way, that's, that's a really bad idea to like just show up in Budapest with the clothes on your back and be like, where are the stores? <laughs> I think it's great. I'd bring this... like three pairs of, of, of clothes. I'd bring like three changes, you know? One cold, one warm, one middle. Yeah, you want to check to see what the weather's going to be like. I love this for you. I'm so excited about your adventure. I'm sad because it means that you're leaving Indianapolis potentially for quote-unquote ever. Are you going to get to see the paint before you go? Yeah. Problem. I mean, my family still li they live in Plainfield, right? Like two minutes from the airport. Oh, okay. So. Um, all right. So it'll just be a quick jaunt from Budapest. Okay. Yes. All right. Or Prague. Well, don't leave us behind, please. Okay. All right. Keep us Re in your Remember heart. us fondly on your European adventures, and, and congratulations. Enjoy it. Thank you. 
All right. Hello. I love it. I can't see you at all until you walk up to the mic and then yeah. suddenly you appear. It's, it's really like you're good, Batman. Really good lighting. Hello. Hi. Hello. My name is Kate. I recently adopted a cat about six months ago. Um, her, oh, yes. we got a lot of cat Adopt. fans. Um, her name is Hildegard, and she's mm. wonderful in mm. every way, but she's very, very anxious, mm. um, which resulted in her peeing all over the house in January. Oh. Except by all over the house, I mean only specifically on my significant other's belongings. Ah, uh, yeah. Ooh, so, wait, can you rewind to how she's perfect in every way? Earlier in the question, well, I, I believe... Think she's perfect in every way. Ex- well, there's a way. It's not quite perfect. <laughs> Sorry. This is true. Okay. I would argue flaws. I would argue it's those clothes' fault for not smelling right. Yeah. You know? It smelled like, like Pelican Hildeg- Hildegard was like, I don't like this at all. Yeah. Old Rama. I've got a better smell. <laughs> Hildegard was probably like, you know, I got this Febreze. That comes out of me. <laughs> Should probably just do that, right? They'll it's, be grateful. It's like juniper, but too much. <laughs> so is this, a, uh, how, is this an issue? Well, s- the cat has recovered. Yeah. Oh, um, great. The boyfriend has not. Okay. Oh. So I was wondering if you had any advice uh, about how to deal with this conflict without putting either one of them up for adoption. So- oh, dang. <laughs> Nice. So is does he, is he holding a grudge or is he just like afraid? Is is the has the anxiety passed along from the cat to the boy? No, it's a grudge. It's just anger, I think. <laughs> Did the cat ruin anything? What was the the greatest the greatest tragedy of the of the anxiety? Well, nothing cuz we washed it all. Okay. So So it's all fine. It's That's over. That's what I said. It's is over. He, he's not here. No, he's here. Oh. oh. <laughs> Would no. he like to defend yeah, himself? Come on, come on up, please. If you don't, if you don't mind, no pressure. If you don't want yeah. to, it's okay. But I'd like to, I'd like to hear the other side yeah, of this story. Hey, hello, hello, friend. Hello. Uh, how cute is this cat? Okay. What a <laughs> wow! It looks great. Oh. I, I will say, it looks great. It's a, it's a normal. It's a chunk. It's a, it's a good cat. Oh, it's a good chunker. Uh, it's, it's good to look at. I just don't. Love it occupying my space. You don't trust the you don't or, do you not trust the cat anymore? No, or or peeing on I really you know it's like a child. You don't what if it, you don't want to leave it alone. You <laughs> pee on the cat stuff. <laughs> you just gotta get get a little bit even. That's the older. And then the cat <laughs> and then the This is yeah? the first ever law code, you know? Yeah. Yeah, the hot hum- hummer code. Yeah, it's yeah. A pee for a pee. There's only one solution here. Sorry, Hildegard. Right. Yeah. Just You're going to have to give me all of your toys. <laughs> You'll get them back. Did the cat pee oh, on... I'll wash them. Did the cat ever pee on you? No, it didn't. I mean... Yeah, I, it, look, this is an unfortunate situation, but you're going to have to forgive the cat because... Yeah. I mean... Because there's, there's more at play here, you know? Yeah, like, I think there, there may be more at play here. Yeah, there's like... there's there's. There's like a bigger life to be had. Sure. <laughs> but you only have to forgive the cat with your your words and your deeds. And your pee. In, you can I, I give you permission to hold hold on to some anger in your heart. Just don't express it. Mm-hmm. Just push it down. Maybe 
And have a, have a couple of endearing moments with the cat if you can. I can see you're very well put together. I like your hair. Looks oh, great. Uh, but maybe just, just let go a little bit and say, let's, let's let this fuzzball onto my face for a moment. Unless it's, cause it I doesn't would sound not like it. do that based on Amrami's... <laughs> wait, what was the cat's name? Hildegard. Hildegard's past... <laughs> By the way, great cat name, if anybody's yeah. in the market. Hammurabi, also not bad. <laughs> yeah. Based on Hildegard's past experience, I don't know that I'd, I'd let that fuzzball rub all over my face. But yeah. it's Might up not to like you. Y'all are going to work this out. I feel, I feel supremely confident now having met you both, which is great news. Oh, cheers. Thank you. Congratulations Thank you. on your cat. Thank you. <laughs> we want to say a uh, huge thanks to everybody for being here with us tonight. A special thanks to, uh, to my family and, and uh, my real-life friends uh, who came out to support us tonight and uh, to Monica, who runs the tour, and uh, to everybody uh, who uh, has made us feel so welcome here at the theater and done such a great job with uh, the sound and the lights. Uh, we really appreciate all of your support. And again, thank you. Uh, thanks to each of you so much for being here with us tonight. It's been really special to be back uh, in my home and able to uh, celebrate the amazing work that's being done in Sierra Leone to reduce maternal mortality. So thank you. Woo, woo, woo. This podcast is a co-production of Complexly and WNYC Studios. It's edited by Joseph Tuna Manish. Wow. It's produced by Rosianna Hulsrawas and Sharon Gibson. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, don't forget, forget to be, be awesome. awesome. Oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. Good night, guys. Yeah.